Section 5 of Practical Forestry in the Pacific Northwest by Edward Tyson Allen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. Forestry and the Forest, Part 2. Western Yellow Pine, Pinus ponderosa. In this species we have the most important western conifer, which most often permits the selection system of management. With certain exceptions in which the entire stand is mature, the object of conservative logging should be to remove trees past the age of rapid growth and foster those that remain for a later cut. When compromising the entire stand, or at least clearly dominating it, with all ages fairly evenly represented, successful in reproduction and not so dense as to present mechanical difficulties, it is ideally adapted to this form of management. The important underlying principle is that, since for a period of its life the normal individual tree increases in wood production and then declines, it is bad economy to cut it while it is still growing rapidly, or to allow it, after slowing down, to occupy ground which might be used by a tree still in the vigor of production. For example, if at 100 years old it contains 500 board feet, it has averaged an addition of 5 feet a year throughout its life. If at 125 years old it contains but 560 feet, the average increment will be but 4 and one half feet a year. It will not give equal return for the soil, moisture, and light it monopolizes during these 25 years. At the same time, probably there are young trees nearby which hitherto have averaged below the maximum, but if released from its competition will forge ahead for a period at the end of which they will give a greater annual return than if cut at present. It would be as bad economy to cut these today as to spare the overmature tree. In short, the production of the forest is not only sustained, but actually increased, by removing the oldest trees at just the proper time, and is decreased by taking out young trees either not yet at the natural age of greatest mean annual increment or capable of artificial stimulation by thinning. By studying the relation of age to production in the particular locality, the proportion of different age classes, and also finding the approximate average diameter which corresponds to the age at which he desires to cut, the professional forester can make a very accurate selection of the trees which can be removed to best advantage at present, and also fix the time and yield of the next cutting. Fortunately, however, commercial and silvicultural considerations accidentally coincide so nearly under average yellow pine conditions as to make certain rough rules which can be laid down entirely consistent with logging methods now in practice. Diameter is far from exact indication of age for the location of the forest and the situation of the individual tree, especially as it affects the relation between height and diameter growth, are potent factors, but as a rule merchantability for saw material is not far from maturity. In a great majority of cases, the approximate minimum diameter for cutting which would be fixed by the forester would be somewhere between 16 and 30 inches, but say it were 18 inches, for example, it would not arbitrarily apply throughout the stand. Most trees with yellow, smooth bark and small, heavy-limbed tops, perhaps partially dead, are mature regardless of their size. If small, they have been crowded or stunted and may as well be cut trees with large healthy crowns composed of many comparatively small branches and with rough dark bark showing no flat scaling are sure to be growing rapidly even if quite large they are also less desired by the lumberman who often calls them black pine or black jack so may often be spared without much sacrifice for seed trees or in order to continue their rapid wood production 
the seed tree problem in such a pine forest and under such a system as has been described is comparatively simple for there are likely to be enough young trees of fruiting age left to fill up the blanks between existing seedlings the density of the latter determines to a large extent the number and location of seed trees necessary but there should always be two to four to the acre even if this requires leaving some that would otherwise be logged under this system recurring cuts may be made at periods of perhaps thirty or forty years taking out each time the trees which have passed the minimum diameter since the last previous cut it is obvious however that if the process is to continue indefinitely protection must be absolute destruction of young growth will stop the rotation at the time the surviving older material is harvested at each cut the brush should be disposed of with this end in view if the stand is very thin it may not add much to the danger of fire and especially if reproduction is difficult and requires shelter may best be left spread on the ground at some distance from remaining trees otherwise and this is the rule it should be piled and usually burned in this process and in logging every effort should be made to protect existing young growth from injury ground fire should be prevented now and always hereafter so far however we have been considering how to make the most of a stand of many ages due to constant reproduction permitted by the light supply in a fairly open forest on the other hand yellow pine sometimes produces a mature stand so heavy that there is little young growth beneath it or even a thin old stand with either little reproduction or an invasion of lodgepole pine such conditions are usually due to fire at some period in the first of these cases usually the dense stand has resulted from a fire which destroyed its predecessor not so completely as to remove the seed supply but sufficiently to afford light for a more uniformly dense crop of seedlings than would occur in the normal forest these have been thinned out as the stand grew old but never to a degree which allowed much reproduction beneath them the natural cycle will be begun again in time for toward the end of the life of this unusually heavy stand seedlings will begin to appear gradually as individual old trees die and admit more and more light the other exceptions described are due to more recent ground fires which have destroyed only the less hardy young growth and perhaps also encouraged the lodgepole which within its range is always quick to take burned ground the same result is almost sure to follow the indian method of forest protection sometimes advocated which consists of purposely running ground fires frequently in order to prevent accumulation of sufficient debris to make an accidental fire fatal to timber of commercial size while such immunity may be secured and perhaps without sacrifice in stands so heavy as to have no reproduction or when the latter has already been destroyed it is obviously at the expense of young growth if any exists the counter-argument that a small proportion escaping will be sufficient for the second crop is fallacious, because good timber will not be produced from these scattering seedlings subjected to strong light by later logging. Other means are necessary if the forest is to be reproduced. This brings us to the possible management of yellow pine as an even-aged forest thoughtful foresters are beginning to suspect that while the indian system of fire protection will usually be fatal if ordinary logging practice is followed it may serve as an adjunct to a system which if carefully applied will be better than selection cutting for some of our pine areas this plan is suggested where there is little young growth worth protecting and consists of depending upon seed trees almost entirely for reproduction protecting carefully until the resultant even aged second growth is large enough to stand blight fire and then burning periodically at such a season and with such safeguards as will prevent the fire from being injuriously severe 
not only are there many existing forests where absence of small trees will permit clean cutting without sacrifice but the same condition is likely to occur eventually in stands following selective logging if the second cut is long delayed although a good representation of all ages under the diameter limit remains the destiny of this may become too great to allow further reproduction and in time the dominant trees will shade out all smaller growth to allow this purposely choosing heavy cuts at intervals long enough to mature the crop from seed rather than frequent light cuts of a constantly replenishing stand thus reducing the necessity of fire prevention is the aim of those who favor clean cutting as the most practicable system they assume that additional investment in seed trees or planting to ensure prompt starting of a new crop after cutting will be unnecessary or at least offset by the smaller fire charge and greater economy of logging theoretically such practice with a species adapted to the selective method is uneconomical for the ground is not fully utilized accidental open places in the stand are not occupied by young trees which would otherwise fill them time is lost by not starting the second crop until after logging for were there no fire previously there would be considerable seedling growth which although perhaps dominant because of shade would begin to amount to something much quicker than that supplied by seed trees afterward nor is the system feasible where there is much fir or other species less fire resisting than pine it is dangerous in practice except where there is very little combustible matter on the ground and fire is generally easy of control and exceedingly dangerous to advocate because it serves as a pretext and example for indiscriminate carelessness with fire under all conditions finally the alleged immunity of pine from injury by ground fires is exaggerated as a matter of fact while the whole stand is seldom perceptibly hurt the immediate or gradual death of a good tree here and there thins the stand very considerably in a few years and it is such a thinning process in the past which makes many pine tracks bear but five thousand feet to the acre where otherwise they would yield two or three times as much scorching also retards the growth of trees not actually injured otherwise the technical objections given above may seem sometimes to be offset by practical advantages and the system is likely to receive expert approval for certain conditions provided it is not used as a cloak without taking sincere steps to replace the destroyed second growth by adequate seed trees or artificial seeding the latter danger may easily warrant public alarm manifested by restrictive laws universal ground burning of green timber will distinctly reduce the prospect of unassisted natural reforestation on the great area of potential timber land in which as a resource regardless of ownership the public is vitally interested under present conditions at least a large proportion of this is likely to be logged without any view to a future crop it is questionable whether any state should or will legally approve ground burning except under stipulation of proper management thereafter unfortunately it is necessary in concluding this discussion of yellow pine to admit that while an attempt has been made to outline the methods which will ensure a second crop the promise of satisfactory financial return is more doubtful than that offered by some other species compared with the typical coast trees such as douglas fir spruce and hemlock the growth is slow and the yield is small the chief circumstances in its favor are low land values lesser fire risk cheapness and certainty of reproduction and excellent market prospects less investment compensates somewhat for longer rotation and smaller yield low taxation however is an absolute essential western white pine p monlicola although as a distinct forest type this valuable tree is limited chiefly to idaho it occurs occasionally in mixture or small tracts over a wide range and no reason appears why its commercial importance should not be extended by planting on cut over lands 
Its high value, rapid growth, and heavy yield make it a particularly promising species for growing under forestry principles. Its chief requirements for success are fairly good moist land, access by the seed to mineral soil, and ample light for the young seedlings. Except that it is more fastidious as to soil, white pine usually demands about the same treatment as that prescribed for Douglas fir, including clean cutting, slash burning, and establishing a new even-aged stand by seed trees or artificial restocking. Under favorable conditions, the stand is nearly even-aged with little undergrowth except of undesirable species. What small pine may exist is seldom thrifty enough to be worth saving, so the best thing is to clean off the ground for the double purpose of removing weed trees and favoring valuable reproduction. Like that of fir, the natural rotation of white pine forests seems to have been accomplished often by the aid of fire, and where not given this aid, it suffers from lack of suitable seed bed and from the competition of other species already established. Individual seed trees left in logging are not successful because of shallow root system and almost certain windfall. Replacement must be by seeding or planting, or by leaving small tracts of pine surrounded by cleared fired lines to protect them when the slashing is burned. The size and distance apart of these must be determined by their situation and exposure to wind, concerning both the danger of windfall and the carrying of seed. Especially in younger growths, the quantity of merchantable material tied up in this way is not so great as is sometimes necessary in the case of red fir, where single seed trees may contain several thousand board feet. On the other hand, stumpage value may be high. For this reason, artificial replacement may often be more profitable, especially where there is reasonable safety against recurring fire. A thing to be borne in mind is that white pine seems to reach a healthier and better development when mixed with a small proportion of other species, such as cedar, tamarack, spruce, lodgepole pine, and Douglas fir, so there is no object in trying to produce an absolutely pure stand. Some authorities think that 60% of pine, with the rest helping to prune it, is an ideal mixture. Lodgepole Pine, P. Mariana. Present interest in private reproduction of this species hardly warrants treating it at length in this publication, although unquestionably it will eventually occupy a higher place in the market than at present, and its readiness to seize burned land in many regions will make it a factor whether desired or not. Where yellow pine will grow, the problem is most likely to be to discourage lodgepole competition. In strictly lodgepole territory, however, it may be the only promise of a new forest. Generally speaking, an even-aged growth should be induced by clean cutting if the entire crop can be utilized. Slash burning in such cases is desirable. The chief difficulty is in providing seed supply, for either individual seed trees or small groups are almost certain to be blown down. Experiments so far indicate that heavy strips must be spared, chosen to afford the least present loss and safeguarded by fire lines. In some lodgepole stands, especially where only certain sizes are marketable, the cutting practically amounts to thinning. Here, obviously, the effort should be to prevent over-thinning and to remove debris with the least damage to the remaining stand. Piling and burning is essential. Sugar Pine P. Lambertiana This extremely valuable pine, commercially limited to the Oregon and California mountains, is fastidious in its choice of conditions. Not a frequent or prolific seed-bearer, it still insists on a moist, loose seed-bed, and prefers the natural forest floor to burned-over land. It cannot stand drought when young, and except on cool northern slopes, seedlings may be killed or stunted by exposure to full sunlight. On the contrary, it demands more and more light as it grows older, and will be suppressed or killed if unable to secure it. 
under natural conditions it perpetuates itself best by filling open places in the forest for the above reasons sugar pine is naturally a component of mixed forests and it is doubtful whether it will be successfully grown as a pure stand unfortunately also logging methods which are both the simplest and most favorable to the reproduction of its associates may be discouraging to sugar pine reproduction nevertheless its value warrants strong efforts to favor it and is an argument where considerable young sugar pine exists against either clean cutting or the use of fire the forest service for which authority much of the above discussion of this species was taken offers the following general outline for management in california since the forests in which sugar and yellow pine occur vary greatly in composition the method of treatment must also vary for this the forest types are already distinguished may form a basis on the lower portion of the sugar pine yellow pine type where sugar pine forms but a small proportion of the stand only the yellow pine should be considered for the future forest all merchantable sugar pine may therefore be removed it will be necessary to leave only a few seed trees of yellow pine to restock the ground although usually it will be a wiser policy to leave a fair stand since this can be removed as a second cutting when reproduction is established this procedure would also hold for areas on which yellow pine occurs in nearly pure stands in these localities dense stands of second growth yellow pine occur it will often be profitable where there is a market at hand to thin these stands when they are about thirty years old removing the suppressed trees for mine props trees six eight and ten inches and up are used for this purpose and sell for from five to six cents a running foot on the upper portion of the sugar pine yellow pine type where both species have about an equal representation in the stand seed trees of each should be left wherever practicable in the proportion of two sugar pines to one yellow pine in the fir belt where sugar pine and fir are the principal species the fir should be clean cut whenever possible and sugar pine should be relied upon for the future forest on all lands the douglas spruce white fir and incense cedar should be cut whenever possible and shoots skidways and bridges should be constructed from the two last named species the following instructions are issued for marking timber on national forest sales in the sugar pine yellow pine type owing to the large size of the trees marking in this type of forest should be done with special care since a slight mistake involves a comparatively large amount of timber on nearly all of the lands included in this type the ground is now but partly and insufficiently stocked with young timber the areas of forest are constantly becoming more accessible to markets and there is every indication of a strong future demand at greatly increased prices on nearly every tract a second cut can be made within thirty years all marking under present sales should be done strictly with reference to two points one stocking the cut over land as fully as possible with sugar and yellow pine two securing a second cut within thirty years all cutting should be done under the selection system which requires a careful choice of the individual trees to be removed fixed diameter limits and the leaving of any specified number of seed trees per acre can be very largely disregarded the condition of every sugar and yellow pine on the sale area should be studied closely to determine whether that tree will be merchantable thirty years hence by which time a second cut is probable as a rule the trees which will remain merchantable for another thirty years should be left suppressed and crowded trees which cannot develop should be removed under this system of marking ordinarily about one-half of the present stand of merchantable pine would be left uncut will it pay on areas where practically all of the pine is overmatured and would be cut under the rule given above a sufficient stand must be left to reseed thoroughly the cut over land 
this requires not less than four full seed-bearing trees at least twenty-five inches in diameter per acre the strongest and thriftiest trees available should be selected for this purpose but not less than the number specified must be left even if every tree will be a total loss before a second cut is possible extensive areas of pine timber which are not yet fully mature should be excluded from the sale on patches or small areas of immature pine which it is not practicable to exclude from the sale cutting should be very light limited to one-third or less of the largest trees or omitted altogether no attempt to discriminate sharply between sugar and yellow pine should be made as both trees are almost equally desirable where a choice is necessary sugar pine should be favored on moist situations as in canyons moist pockets or benches and on northerly exposures yellow pine should be favored on dry situations including exposed ridges and southern exposures fir and incense cedar should be marked as a rule too low as a diameter as these trees are merchantable in order to reduce the proportion of these species in coming reproduction it is essential however that no large openings be made in the present stand since the exposed ground is in danger of reverting to chaparral or of becoming so dry from evaporation that no reproduction will follow cutting where the stand of pine is insufficient to reseed thoroughly and protect the cutover area enough sound thrifty fir and cedar should be left to form a fairly even cover with openings less than a quarter of an acre in size the undercurrent of all opinion upon sugar pine up to date is that reproduction will not be very successful unless enough growth to shelter the seedlings remains after logging where the fire risk permits the same end may be furthered by leaving the tops scattered on the ground little experimenting has been done in planting sugar pine but there are many indications that except where conditions strongly favor natural reproduction it will be resorted to eventually if any particular attempt is made to get this species leaving large seed trees is not only expensive but rather uncertain because heavy seed years are several years apart and squirrels consume a large portion of an ordinary crop transplants which have received nursery shelter until past the greatest danger of drying out should prove most successful on heavily cut south slopes redwood sequoia sempervirens although probably the most rapidly growing of all american commercial trees and also of high market standing redwood has been little studied by foresters the layman is still more confused by its many peculiarities growing to a size of 20 feet in diameter and 350 feet high, reaching an age of well over 1,000 years, and seldom reproducing by means of seed, it is not surprising that it was long regarded as ill-adapted to second-crop management. Although observing that suckers sprout from the stumps with great rapidity, the lumbermen generally regarded these mushroom growths as abnormal and temporary, and believed as virgin timber to be the finely vanishing remnant of a prehistoric species unsuited to present-day conditions. It was next discovered that the sucking habit is no new one, indeed that the majority of the present stand, however old, began as sprouts from roots or stumps of its predecessors. This is evident from the circular arrangement of several trees around the spot where their parent stood. These old sprouts were of very slow growth, for they were shaded by a forest of extreme density. As seedlings they could have neither germinated nor grown, but as suckers they were kept alive by the parent until light supply became available through their increasing height or through thinning of the forest. Under such conditions, centuries were required to produce large trees. 
The owner of today, by cutting down the old stand, gives the suckers conditions hitherto unknown to the redwood. The vigor and susceptibility to the aid of light, which originally was necessary in the sprout growth to perpetuate the species at all, now respond to entire freedom and light in an astonishing manner. Even after severe slashing fires char the stumps, the latter throw out clusters of sprouts which grow several feet a year. Logging works thirty or forty years old have come up to trees nearly one hundred feet high. Naturally, such timber has a heavy percentage of sap wood and is soft and brittle, but it is already suitable for pilling, box lumber, and like purposes, and improves constantly. Since reproduction by seed does not enter into the problem, financial possibilities depend almost wholly on the nature of the original stand. There are many types of redwood forest, pure and mixed, flat and slope. If the old trees are few to the acre, the sprout clusters will be so far apart that excess of side light will produce clumps of swell-budded, short limmy trees, of little use for lumber. That is, unless there is also a seedling growth of fir or other species to fill the blanks and bring up the density. Where such a nurse growth is to be counted on, or where the redwood trees are small and close together, ideal conditions for a certain rapid and well-formed second crop exist. The thinner the original redwood stand, the greater the effort necessary at the time of logging to obtain the required density. The leaving of seed trees of other species, with as many as possible small trees of both redwood and other species, and the maximum protection of all from fire, should then be the means employed. On some tracts, the proportion of redwood will not warrant this effort. On some, it is not even required. The question of whether it pays to hold redwood land is therefore almost wholly local, but when conditions are favorable it can be answered affirmatively, because of the extremely rapid growth, with less doubt than of almost any other species. There is some tendency to overproduction of sprouts by redwood stumps. Removal of the excess with an axe, saving those closest to the ground and not overthinning to the extent of reducing the density conducive to height growth and shedding of low branches, improves the chances of those remaining. End of section 5